0: Welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Emboddy. It is National Signing Day. Time to preview what is probably going to be a quiet day for the Mustangs for the most part. Look, with the invention of the early signing period, we know that 99% of the prospects really seem to sign during that early period and that has taken the shine off of National Signing Day and SMU's no different. Uh, They are going to have one prospect signed for sure on National Signing Day and another that they're monitoring. Um, So let's kind of preview the day. SMU comes into National Signing Day with 16 commitments and or signees on board. The one commitment SMU has in the boat is Lamadric Spencer, the Duncanville defensive back who is set to sign with the Mustangs on Wednesday. He committed to the Mustangs earlier this month. Uh, and, you know, a long time coming. We covered LaModric Spencer throughout the summer. SMU is a favorite. SMU is a favorite. He needed to get his academics in order. He did just that and is now able to sign with SMU. So he'll be jumping on board on Wednesday officially uh, to join the class. Um, and somebody that is going to need a red shirt year, but has that size, has that length. He needs to add plenty of mass to his body's a little thin, but SMU is adding yet another state champion in this 2023 recruiting class to its roster with Lamadric Spencer on board, uh, shoring up that cornerback room for Ricky Hunley. I talked to one of his teammates, uh, Decorian Moore, the 2025 wideout, who's probably the number one wideout in that class. Uh, I talked to him at Battle, Battle Miami, and he said, look, he is as physical and as mean as it gets in terms of competing day in day out in the secondary he brings that edge to him even if he has uh, certainly some weight to gain some size to add um, so he can hold up at the college level but he's uh, very much a high upside type player for SMU to take out of the high school ranks and as we preview National Sign Day we're not going to talk much about the transfers we're going to focus on the high school guys because even with SMU's highly touted transfer class the high school players do seem to kind of get lost in the mix uh, especially as SMU continues to announce signees from that transfer class. They just added uh, Logan Parr, the Texas offensive lineman, to that list as far as guys they've announced. The one announcement SMU is waiting on is Miami Northwestern wide receiver, tight end, kind of a jumbo wide out, Adam Moore, who officially visited Syracuse over the weekend. Uh, he visited SMU a weekend prior for his official visit, um, and I'm told it went very, very well the on three recruiting prediction machine currently has SMU as the leader. We'll see if that pans out. Um, and I dropped some notes about how I'm feeling on that front at on the So check that out $10 for your first month um, to uh, you know, get national sign day coverage and, and Intel on uh, new offers and more as, as SMU turns the page to that class of 2024 um, when national signing day ends. But as far as Adam Moore, where he'd fit in in this class would be kind of that jumbo wide receiver, similar to R.J. Maryland. Uh, but even Adam Moore has a little bit more size to him when it comes to um, his his physique uh, coming into college. You know, R.J. Maryland was a little thin just coming off of playing wide receiver at South Lake Carroll. Um, Adam Moore is somebody that SMU really, really likes in that kind of hybrid wide receiver tight end uh, mold. He can bulk up a little bit more and end up playing, you know, a true Uh, why tight end for SMU if he does jump on board. Louisville hosted him over the summer for an official visit. Uh, He held numerous other offers in his recruitment uh, and is now set to announce his decision uh, from his high school on Wednesday. So we'll be tracking that one as well. And that's kind of it as far as the one commit and the one target SMU is monitoring from the high school ranks. Um, You know, the big thing for SMU is they didn't want to reach late and I don't think they did that uh, with, with either of these prospects that they were on late. Uh, they knew what they were getting with LaModric Spencer out of Duncanville. They watched him plenty. He won a state championship. He faced the best of the best competition. And with Adam Moore, kind of a similar story. Plays at a very, very high-profile Miami Northwestern program uh, that produced Romello Brinson, the SMU wide receiver transfer from Miami. Uh, so a program they're very familiar with as well, with much of the staff coming over from there. Kyle Cooper, uh, Rob Likens, uh, Garen Justice, Rhett Lash. I mean, the list goes on of those guys who have been kind of operating in Florida, recruiting for the Mustangs, whether it be from the high school ranks uh, to the transfer front as well. Uh, they they prioritize Florida. Um, and we talked a lot about 2024 quarterback, Tyler Atkinson, uh, Tyler Aronson. Um, sorry, I was thinking about the 2026 defensive end, Tyler Atkinson, who I just did an interview with um, on that front, but Tyler Aronson, uh, out of Vero Beach, Florida, uh, is SMU's quarterback commit in the 2024 class. So SMU continues to kind of make some inroads in Florida. It's a big feeder state for the school itself. Um, and with the football staff's ties there, uh, they're doing a good job kind of continuing to mine that program, uh, that state, um, you know, having pulled Alex Woods out of there as well in the class of 2023. So uh, we'll be monitoring Adam Moore on National Signing Day as he gets set to make his final decision here those are the two prospects wanted you guys to know about as far as what to expect on National Signing Day from SMU, as far as who you should be watching for. When it comes to some superlatives, we're going to hand out some of those as well on this podcast before finishing up with some of the transfer news uh, that has come as of late, kind of where things stand, resetting that as we get into uh later on in the spring. Day one starters on offense and defense, if I had to predict one on each side of the ball. Uh, that honor on the defensive side of the ball would go to Alex Kilgore, the linebacker out of KD Paytow. Uh, he's already enrolled on campus for the spring semester, getting a chance to get into the weight program with Sean Griswold. He's somebody that SMU really likes as a high upside type of player. Uh, he's going to add plenty of you know size throughout his college career. I believe he's got size 15 feet. Uh, so a big kid uh, who's going to get into that meal program add some weight and his upside as far as an athlete is there. And with SMU's need at linebacker, as it stands right now, we'll see if they add anyone else in the transfer portal. Um, But they have, you know, uh, Ahmad Walker coming in, somebody they expect to start right away at linebacker. He played for Scott Simons at Liberty, but outside of that, it is going to be a wide open competition and it'll still be a competition for Ahmad Walker, but, the, the roster that SMU has, Jaquandis Burns, Cam Farrar, um, some of the other guys that are going to be in the mix at linebackers still has to show what they can do and impress enough to earn that starting spot. I think if you're looking for one starter out of this high school signing class on the defensive side of the ball and on either side of the ball, really it'd be Alex Kilgore is the one that I would peg um, to have the best shot and you know most likely to earn that. Um, on offense, this one is a little bit more difficult because SMU has receivers coming back, like Jordan Curley, Moochie Dixon, uh, Jake Bailey, um, Dylan Goffney, uh, Roderick Daniels. They added multiple, um, you know, high school uh, wide receivers. They added Romello Brinson, and I just get the feeling, and and Keyshawn uh, Smith as well at wide receiver in the transfer class. But if I had to pick one that would be a starter right away, I would either be between Trip Reardon, uh the Frisco tight end, just from a standpoint of they need somebody with size to play a lot. And so if he comes in and gets into that weight program and really bulks up, that would be his avenue, his best shot to get onto the field is probably Trip Reardon um, on the offensive side. But I'm so high on Jamarian Carroll. If he gets here in the summer and can put on a little bit of weight, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up being a starter for SMU. But odds are you're going to see one of these veteran receivers, you know, take it at each of the spots. So on offense, there really isn't, you know, many guys out there that can probably be that day one starter. Um, It's just unlikely at this point. But uh, I look to a Jamarian Carroll as far as somebody that, uh, You know, could bring could bring that to the table Uh, when we look back on the recruiting class and who jumped on board uh, and who jumped off uh, the biggest surprises and the biggest uh, the biggest surprise addition and the biggest surprise losses from this signing class. Well, the the biggest surprise loss was Jaden Milner Jones, the safety from DeSoto, who flipped to Colorado on National Signing Day. Uh, I had just seen him for the state championship game and he was all set to sign with SMU. Some of his family was even wearing SMU gear at the signing day ceremony in December, but he ripped that off and signed with Deion Sanders and uh, Colorado, a real shocker there. I know Craig Niver had already moved on to Coastal Carolina at that point to be their defensive coordinator, but that was a little bit of a surprising one where nobody kind of had that on the radar. Um, So uh, Jaden Milner Jones was the biggest surprise loss, I would say, uh, from this cycle. As far as biggest surprise additions, I would probably have to say um, this is is a difficult one. You could go the route of LaModric Spencer from the standpoint of was he going to get in um, after all that time went by where he couldn't commit to SMU early on. Uh, But I would almost say, you know, you look at a Jamarian Carroll, somebody that started off his senior year so dynamic, um, had a good senior season, but was still just... Didn't ever pick up that next offer. That at least publicly, we really sat there and said, "Wow, um, all right, he's going to probably make a move on that." And, and kind of the same goes for Damian Wimberly, who was being recruited by multiple big schools, Auburn being one of them. Uh, they never, uh, you know, really pressed to get him on board. Uh, those are kind of the surprise when you think about additions uh, that SMU had from this class. Uh, when it comes down to um, some of the prospects that you look back on as far as players that hmm, maybe SMU should have gotten on board and, and could have kept. This is where the list gets really hard because I will say this about SMU. They kept their list fairly straightforward when it comes to who they went after, who they really targeted um, and, and tried to get on board. And, you know, the the the, probably the biggest, one of the biggest losses, I think, looking back, um, you know, is probably going to be uh Leon Bell, but this is an interesting one. He's a JUCO offensive lineman. Um, and SMU was after PJ Williams. Uh, they were after Hyron White. And I got the sense that they just didn't necessarily end up pressing as hard as they did for PJ and Hyron White, which makes sense, but I think they should have turned the heat up on. Uh, him even more uh, when he was on campus for his official visit uh, and really pressed to get him on board. That was one that kind of looking back, I, um, you know, when it comes to offensive linemen, it comes to, you know, keeping that group, you know, stocked up. I was a little surprised that the press wasn't on there even more um, for SMU. And then another one, I'll say that SMU offered, and then it kind of just never matriculated from there as far as, Interest was Matthew Fobbs White out of Louisiana. They extended an offer to him. Uh, he plays at one of the best programs in Louisiana uh, in Neville High School. And he ends up um, you know, going through his recruiting process. Baylor was a favorite. Baylor hosted him for an official visit. Um, and uh, he committed to um, UL, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, at one point uh, in August before his senior season. Then right before national or before the early signing period, he decommits and commits to Tulane. I think he's somebody that at that at SMU's level um, would have been a terrific guy to press for. He's physically kind of ready to go. He's not as tall and long as you know you would have liked. He's kind of more in that Nelson Paul, but a little bit uh, bigger and more filled out than Nelson Paul was coming out of high school. Uh, that would be my one on the defensive side of the ball that I probably would have said, you know, probably turn the heat up on. Uh, just a little bit more, uh, looking back at this class. I mean, they were fairly particular, uh, when it came to takes and it came to guys, they were really pressing for, um, you know, they, they, I think looking back in the summer, they had some guys on campus as far as defensive linemen that they ended up passing on that, that kind of made, you know, a little bit of sense in the end, um, at least to me, um, and, and, you know, one that stands out, Joe landry they passed on him. He signs with Texas State. Um, when you look at trying to, you know, upgrade your defensive line, um, I think that, you know, it kind of made sense where they were at, that they didn't turn the heat up there. But it's just interesting. You kind of go down this list of players that I have looking back, who gets in, who doesn't, who they press for. Um, it's always an interesting kind of ride for for these players. Uh, As far as, um, you know, where they end up going, depending on kind of how the visits went and how the press came from SMU. I think they were very targeted in this class. That's one thing I'll say. They were really realistic with who they could get. And um, you look at the offer list and it kind of stands out in that in that sense as well. Um, They didn't they didn't really reach on many guys. Um, late in the process to try and flip them. Um, you know, Katie Paytow, defensive back CJ Johnson, and SMU would take another safety, I feel like, if they can get one. Um, you know, Bishop Fitzgerald uh, committed elsewhere, um, uh, a JUCO prospect, and uh, his teammate, uh, Amir Renwick, is still out there. But CJ Johnson played with Alex Kilgore and uh, is a strong three star. He ends up committing to Auburn uh, this month, but SMU, you know, kind of didn't really turned the heat up on him uh, late in the early signing period. And so he took it to the spring and he ends up at Auburn. Uh, I'm interested to see how his recruitment plays out or his his, uh, playing days at Auburn plays out. Um, But with SMU's need at that time at safety. um, And again, this is kind of where Jaden Milner Jones factors in. You look back at that one and maybe that was one uh, that they uh, might want back. I'm not sure, but uh, that's at least kind of how I see it. Some of the guys that in my view, kind of got away from them, uh, those are some of the ones I wanted to highlight for you guys. Just kind of looking back and doing uh, kind of a post-mortem on this recruiting cycle. As far as the biggest needs that were met and not met, uh, the biggest need in this class was probably tight end. And I'll say this, I think SMU did a terrific job addressing the tight end position. Um, and and all of them, uh, especially if they get out of more, are from the high school ranks. So now you have this you know long-term foundation with somebody like Lonnie Johnson, who's an early enrollee, big kid, played wide receiver, could really pack on the weight. He's kind of an R.J. Maryland comp, but he's, I think, even bigger than R.J. R.J. was very slim kind of coming into SMU. Lonnie, big, big kid. I saw him shortly after he enrolled, and he's going to have some some size um, to him when it's all said and done. And then you look at um, Trip Reardon, who's pretty productive as a senior, playing in the Frisco area, for Wakeland, he had some big time offers early. He's six four ish, two hundred fifty pounds, so he brings that size to the table that SMU needed badly. And then if they if they get Adam Moore, they get another versatile pass catcher. Um, they didn't get it done in the transfer portal. Um, they lost out on Jake Roberts. They they sent some other guys. You know, they they let other guys kind of go elsewhere. But in the high school ranks, that tight end room is completely remade. Um, you know, and and really impressive, especially again if they get Adam Moore on Wednesday. As far as the biggest need not met, I think it's got to be safety. Um, they they ended up uh, just signing Abdul Muhammad in that group. They've addressed it very well through the transfer portal, so I'm not taking anything away from that. And the position is still still has a bright future when you think about who they have coming in. Um, but to just get Abdul Muhammad, uh, defensive MVP of the state championship game. In December 2021, uh, so the first of two state championships for SOC. Comes from a really good program, but at the end of the day, he's 5'9", 170 pounds. Um, he's a really good high school football player, but you know, you're know you going to want to see more out of him before you pencil him in as a long-term guy that'll really, really stand out at SMU. Um, so Next cycle, I think when we looked, talked about it last week on the podcast, previewing that safety group that they're kind of after, you can tell they're they're trying to really prioritize that group uh, and go after uh, some some you know talent at the safety position in the class of 2024. So that was a group that I think in 2023 they probably missed on, and you know they had Adrian Wilson. I felt like um, one of the top safeties in the Dallas area as a silent commit, kind of giving you guys a little bit of a um, you know backstory there. Craig Niver leaves. Um, and and doesn't know what what's going to happen. Scott Simons kind of led the way on that. Tried to get him. He ends up going to Washington State instead. So that was one out of Keller Central that SMU wishes they would have gotten um, because Jaden Milner Jones flipped on National Signing Day. So um, or, or during the early signing period. So that safety group needs to be addressed in 2024. Check out our. Uh, 2024 recruiting class kind of preview edition of the podcast from last week. If you missed that on the safety group that SMU is recruiting, uh, they dished out some more offers uh, since we even talked um, on that front too. So lots of uh, recruiting to come from the safety position, which Scott Simons is now taking over um, after they hired Maurice Crum as a linebackers coach. And then player with the high, highest ceiling in the class uh, on the offense side of the ball, it's, it's Jamar and Carroll, my mind. Um, and then on the defensive side, it's Damian Wimberley, the defensive end, defensive tackle out of Austin Vandegrift. He played in the state championship game. He's got an insane wingspan. He's got an insane um, just athletic profile uh, that SMU is going to get to play with and pack some weight on. He's probably somebody that slides inside long term. He's going to be able to, um, you know, give you a little bit just right away as a defensive end not necessarily a pass rusher, but a strong side defensive end. Uh, if they can pull that motor out of him, he's going to be really, really special. Um, I love the upside of Damian Wimberly. He's got the the best athletic profile in this class, um, without a doubt, in my opinion, just, just stuff that's verified, stuff that um, you know that you can build off of. And if they can pull that motor out of him and that consistency – He's going to be one of the best defensive linemen to come through SMU in recent memory. Um, As far as an under-the-radar prospect to know, there's no bigger under-the-radar prospect, literally and um, physically, than Sean Scott, the Valencia West Ranch uh, offensive tackle from the state of California. He picked up a Cal offer late, and there were some other schools from California and and the West Coast poking around trying to get him to reconsider but he had locked locked things down over the summer, committed to SMU pretty quietly. And he only had, I believe, Nevada, SMU, and Hawaii when he did it. Well, SMU is really, really high on him. He's got an insane frame. He's 6'7", about 270 or so. When it all comes together for him, he could be very special. If he does put it together, he's still somebody that is raw. He's a big athlete. He can bend. He comes from a family of athletes. His brother was a uh, college volleyball player. He's about 6'8". So as far as under the radar goes, Sean Scott, he kept his recruitment to himself. He never wavered, um, came out for an official visit, loved it. I think he took in one football game and that was kind of it. So um, Sean Scott is your under the radar um, prospect in this class on the offensive side of the ball. And then I'll add that the lowest, uh, well, not the lowest ranked anymore, but the uh, defensive player that probably flies under the radar the most is Brandon Miazono uh, out of Frisco. Um, well, actually it looks like on the consensus, he's the lowest rated player in the class, but um, just played all over for Frisco and now comes in uh, the summer as a linebacker without much fanfare. He's probably your under the radar position when it comes to that. The best position group in this signing class is probably to me, the defensive line. Um, You look at what they added in Damian Wimberley with that upside. And then Braden Flowers is a jumbo athlete who's played all over. When you look at predictors as far as success at the college level, playing both ways, being multi-sport. He's got an NFL profile with his uh, family genes. Um, His dad played in the NFL uh, and he played basketball too. Braden Flowers could be kind of that under the radar guy as well. Um, He's going to grow from this edge linebacker into this defensive end potential three technique he's probably going to end up being a 280 pound defensive lineman when it's all said and done Um, flew under the radar as well but we really like what he brings to the table at least from my end of things and then Kevin Allen um, you talk about a Landry Award finalist as a defensive lineman that's impressive and what he did as a senior with 100 tackles uh, I think he had well over 20 Tackles for loss, double digit sacks, um, and he's been productive throughout his entire high school career. Very, very productive player. SMU got on him late and signed him. He's going to bring some size right away to the table coming out of that Everman program uh, into SMU when he arrives this summer. So, I think the defensive line group, top to bottom, is probably the best group they signed. Um, you can make the argument for tight end if they get Adam Moore as well. In my mind, um, and then of course wide receiver. Uh, is there with Randy Reese if he gets healthy, Jackson Lavender with his explosiveness, and uh, Jamari and Carroll as well. Uh, Those are all really good groups to kind of highlight. So that kind of wraps up some of the superlatives I wanted to touch on. Uh, To close out the pod, did want to let you guys know a few transfer notes. Um, Drake Metcalf, the Stanford offensive lineman, did end up committing To UCF, kind of out of left field, but he did take a visit in January. He ends up uh, signing with the Knights uh, and is going to head there once he graduates from Stanford. Uh, So kind of a out of left field situation there. But um, SMU has been prioritizing Ja'Kai Clark, the Miami center transfer who started 39 out of 42 games for the Hurricanes and has played for Garen Justice. This is kind of an interesting one. You you have somebody with Drake Metcalf who has multiple seasons of eligibility left who could really help out your team in the trenches. On the flip side of it, uh, you're also, you've are also you been recruiting Ja'Kai Clark uh, heavily. You hosted him for an official visit this past weekend right before the dead period, and things went well there. We'll have a full story up from Ja'Kai on Wednesday morning to kick off your National Signing Day. Um, but... Those are two players that are probably playing the same position in the long run, trying to battle Branson Hickman. Ja'Kai Clark is a one-year guy. So if you're looking at it from Drake Metcalf's perspective, you know he's not going to be able to come in right away and start. So now SMU uh, is all in on Ja'Kai Clark. We'll see if another offensive lineman enters a portal at some point in that May window. SMU could kick the tires on him. They do have a few spots remaining. Um, but Ja'Kai Clark is going to take more visits. Again, if you're looking for the update on Ja'Kai Clark, graduate transfer, we'll have that full story up Wednesday morning uh, with him at OnThePonyExpress.com. Nick Jackson, the Virginia linebacker transfer, uh, he is going uh, hes going to continue to take visits, it sounds like. Auburn, Oklahoma, and Iowa have now hosted him. We'll continue to track that one, but it just seems like as the time goes by that if he doesn't visit SMU and keeps pushing it off, sounds like he's going to end up at a power five ranks. He's the all ACC linebacker from Virginia that SMU is hoping to get to visit. Um, And then Bishop Fitzgerald, the Juco safety did commit to NC state. So his teammate, Amir Renwick is still on the radar for SMU. Again, we'll see if the Mustangs can add a linebacker or a safety in the, from the transfer portal to kind of address those positions and kind of finish those off. But that's kind of it. The Mustangs are looking for a big wide receiver. I feel like, they're looking for another offensive lineman. They're targeting Ja'Kai Clark on that front. And then linebacker, they're still hoping for Nick Jackson to visit, which can't happen now until March because of the dead period. And they'd love another safety to pop up. So with that, guys, we got you all set and ready for National Signing Day. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed to on OnThePonyExpress.com. On you can do that for $10 a month, seven-day free trial. Check us out. Tons of 2024 reactions to new offers as well as visits to come. We'll have all that on the board. Also, we're almost to 500 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Please help us out. Subscribe to the page. You can click the link right below uh, this video and subscribe quickly in just one click. So hope you guys enjoy uh, what's left of National Signing Day. One prospect to announce potentially for SMU and Adam Moore. We'll have all your coverage at ontheponyexpress.com. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back later this week to break down what happened on National Signing Day, as well as our latest spring football position preview. Thanks for listening to this edition, and we'll catch you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com.